Welcome to episode 8 of the Big Man Beard podcast, a podcast talking all things mental health, fashion and business, a brand centred around you, your story matters. Episode 8 of the Big Man Beard podcast. Yeah. I'm here with Lucy. Hello. And we're really thrilled to have Paddy from So Let's Talk. Hi, Paddy. Hi, guys. How are we doing? Not really too bad. well, thank you. And yourself? Yeah, life's good. Life's good, creating opportunities and not worries. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We're ever so excited to have you on. Do you want to tell everyone a little bit about yourself and So Let's Talk and how that came about? Yeah, of course. Would that be okay? Yeah, not a problem at all. Firstly, thank you for having me on. Um, This is the stuff that I absolutely love doing, which is sharing my process and my experiences in the hope that people get value from it. So thank you for giving me a platform to be able to share what we do with So Let's Talk. Um, Okay, cool. So a little bit about myself. I... I've been working inside of hospitality for the last 14 years um, and I started out just as a glass collector in a working men's club in Burnley and then I was KP in at the weekend so I had two jobs um, just so I could um, earn myself some pocket money uh, and then I felt absolutely in love with hospitality. So that was my career for 14 years. I was a manager at a really young age um, and I got the opportunity to move around the northwest. Um, consulted some amazing bars and restaurants and then managed some amazing bars and restaurants. But throughout that time, I fell into some really destructive habits. So recreational drug use through the roof, really unhealthy relationship with alcohol. Um, and then the things that come hand in hand with the trade, unfortunately, which was poor nutrition, lack of sleep, um, and then uh-huh. my connection, whether it be with myself or with my family and friends outside the industry, was kind of non-existent. Um, and yeah, I did that for, for 10 years plus. Um, so a little bit about, so let's talk, what we do is we provide preventative and holistic trainings on mental, physical and financial health to hospitality professionals. We're a not-for-profit. And we, we, we got creative. Well, actually, I created it because towards the back end of last year, I was doing some work in a pop-up bar in Manchester. And I went and did the normal routine. I went out for three days straight. I had next to no sleep. Um, I still turned up to all my shifts, but nobody recognised that I wasn't compensamentous, which was really scary, actually, because my performance levels were just through the roof. Um, and I remember getting home after those three days, and I was sat in my mum's spare room, um, which was normal for me to be in and out of rented accommodation and picking my stuff up and moving quite a lot. And I, Yeah, guys, I remember being sat there, and um, I thought to myself, I, I can't do it anymore. Uh, the person that I saw myself as in my head and the person that I was living just wasn't congruent. I had a lot of internal turmoil going on that, that had been going on for a lot of years. And um, so I did something I'd never done before, which I had a look at my salary and what I'd been earning for the year, which wasn't shabby as a consultant. Um, and I worked out that I'd spent 65% of my salary on drugs and alcohol. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was a wow moment. So it really was. It was kind of one of those moments of realisation. Actually, it wasn't about the money. It was about what it represented. Um, and again, yeah, the person that I saw myself as in my head and the person that I was living, it obviously just wasn't making sense to me. So I had to make a really hard decision. Um, and that was to leave hospitality, which is obviously my purpose. It's all I've ever known for the past 14 years. And I, I just made a decision that I had to leave. And then I got really angry. I got really angry because I thought to myself, if I've been doing this for the last 10 years and I've not had an avenue for help, 
and there's not one ready accessible enough. I've worked in a lot of different styles in the industry, kind of small, small independents, SMEs, large corporates, and they're organized. There are there are amazing organizations out there um, that provide support for when people are struggling. Yeah. But for me, that didn't make any sense. I, I explain it a little bit like this. Imagine going to a job interview for a role that involves heavy lifting. And during that interview process, the interviewer is telling you that they're not going to train you on how to lift heavy objects, but we will provide you with an amazing physiotherapist for when you, ne you are never to be hurt yourself. <laughs> you kind of question that way of thinking. Yeah. That's what I was doing. I was thinking to myself, I don't want to be pulling people out of the water. Um, I want to be able to find out why it is that they're falling in upstream and stop people from doing that. Um, so that's kind of, of, of where we're at. So I, I posted out on the Manchester Bars page, which is like a massive community in, in Manchester. It's a hospitality um, platform. And I, I just said, look, I'm, I'm going to create a platform where we can openly talk about our mental health and our addiction and, and some of the destructive habits with inside of the trade. And I'd like a room and some coffees, please. Um, and that was back in January. And that post got a lot of traction, which I kind of expected, if I'm honest. It was a conversation that's not happened inside of the industry. But yeah, it's been an issue that's been causing a lot of hurt and pain for a long time. Um, so yeah, I signed off the post with, so let's talk, dot, dot, dot. Um, and one of my friends who I'd worked with on a, a couple of projects who's a designer saw that sign off um, and actually created me a logo and sent it across um, without me knowing about it. Wow. So that's where let's like, talk and the name came from. I know this is a, a kind of a long-winded explanation, but yeah, that, that's what happened. And after after the post, I realized that something needed to happen. So we got to networking. Um, I we, we talked to quite a number of people inside of the hospitality industry in Manchester. And my idea was to get people that had a common goal, but also some form of influence on the industry. So we connected, I say we, I connected with uh, people who have worked inside the industry who are now therapists or counsellors or PTs or yoga instructors. Um, and then people who had a voice, uh, who were the directors of the Manchester Hospitality Network or the Female Hospitality Network. Um, and yeah, we, we sat down. Uh, in a room in a little cocktail bar in Manchester um, and put together some ideas about how we were going to make a positive culture change inside the industry. Um, and from there, we created preventative and holistic trainings alongside an organisation called Healthy Hospital, who are an amazing organisation. And now we have training decks that revolve around sleep, nutrition, exercise, mental health, the business of health, healthy operations. Um, and our thought process was this. We wanted to have experts create the content for us to make it relevant for the industry and then deliver it from a place of experience. The reason why I wanted that is I just thought to myself, if I was a bartender again, back in kind of the, the 2010, 2012, and I was hungover and, and malnourished and some expert came in to talk to me about the industry and how I should get, be getting better sleep and they'd never worked inside the trade, I just couldn't resonate with them. Um, so... So, yeah, we wanted to make sure that it was from a place of experience. So, long story that, but that's where we're at. And now we're, we're a platform that's providing trainings to some amazing organisations like Mowplay, New World Trading Company, uh, the Feel Good Club. So, we're in a bit of a whirlwind, if I'm honest, uh, and I'm completely winging it. <laughs> it's just amazing. Yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's brutal how you've, you've taken something, recognised where you were, uh -huh and then turn that into doing something good. That's like most mm. people's dream, yeah. to take a personal experience and something that's impacted you and turned it into actually delivering a business from mm. you. Have you had times, you said since January, to sit back and go, 
wow, I've achieved all this. Yeah, look at what I've done. Yeah, do you know what? It's such an amazing question. I've kind of got some time now to be able to do that. Um, I do try, um, and I use that word try, um, because it is a work in progress and I want to be authentic about this. I do, I do, I do try most mornings to do some reflection um, and do some kind of recognition and celebrate some, some of the small wins. But if I'm honest, it's only been over the past month where I've sat back and gone, I haven't drank for 330 days. Um, I've been completely sober. I've set up a business where I'm able to first of all, help people out, but then second of all, be financially stable in the process as well, which is not something I've ever been. Um, and and yeah, it's, it, I've had that kind of moment of realisation, but first and foremost, uh, for me, success is to add value on a daily basis, whether that be to myself or to other people. Um, so so I kind of, I deem myself as successful now, which is weird. It's not a feeling that I've had a lot. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, must be very proud. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it, I think it's brilliant the fact that building something and, and it is such a short period of time, buddy, that you've done this in. You know, this isn't a three or four year lead up. This is this is relatively new, and you're adding that value day to day. Do you get any feedback from the sessions, the talks, where people have said, "Look, that made a massive impact on my hmm. life." Yeah, and, and again, such an amazing question. One of our core values at So Let's Talk is to give people what it is that they want instead of what it is we think they need. Um, and it's something that we, as a business owner, I found out really quickly you can fall into, which is you get so excited about creating a business that you just go along the line that you've created uh, and not actually talk to the demographic that you're supposed to be serving. Um, and then you can lose your way a little bit. So what we initiate uh, hence, uh, let's talk is just conversations daily about people's experiences and also how we can support and add value um, and how we can do that in a way that's going to be beneficial to them instead of just to us. So we do get feedback. We Even if it's just the people inside of our team, just the fact that people are actually recognising their emotions and openly talking about their mental health is such a huge step inside of the industry. Um, it was never something that was recognised. And now we're getting feedback where people are initiating conversations, whether it would be with their teams, if they're a senior management, or, or people inside the industry with their family. Uh, and that, for me, is such a huge win. Amazing. Super. Yeah. So we talk about adding value. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a common business term to make sure your products add value. Mm. Yeah. Do you sit down and predefine what that value yeah. is? Or is it more of a working model? where that value can have different shapes, different sizes, different meanings. Yeah, and, and do you know what? I, I, we kind of work in an agile environment, um, which is kind of a tech term that, I, that I've, I've picked up along the way, which means that we work on small chunks and then we, we see if they've worked and then if not, we fix it. Instead of doing the whole method, which is the waterfall method, which is doing the whole process, getting to the end and going, did that work? Um, so we, we're forever evolving. Um, as I've said, I, we, it's not, this is not a space that I've ever worked inside of before. Um, so we are, we are in, a, in a motion where we do little bits and then we see if they fix it. But for me, value comes in so, so many different ways, shapes and forms that it'd be hard to pinpoint okay. it. So even if it's just me having a conversation with someone who's reached out and they're struggling or whether it's me signing a contract with a big organisation that's got 6,000 team members, um, it comes in so many different ways that I try not to pinpoint exactly what value is. Yeah, yeah. Can I, can I ask, um, so um, for instance, on, on your Instagram page and on the website mm. and everything like this, 
um, you've got So Let's Talk and it's 86ing the silence around mental health. Yeah. Where what 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 does that mean? Eighty yeah. six in the silence. I I, I know that Sal knows, and he was trying to explain it to me. But for for other people that might not know, uh-huh. what does it? Yeah, what does it mean? So so again, such a good question. <laughs> um, sometimes in the trade, you can you you have this little language, and it's called a bar call. So within side of the industry. We sometimes don't want the guests to know what it is that we're saying because they don't need to know. So um, 86, if something's 86, it means that it's out. Um, there's a lot of different um, like kind of tales about why it came about. One of them is that during the war, when people died in the trenches, they used to bury them eight feet away from the trench and six feet under earth, so they were done. Um, but that's but we use the Right. Yeah, we use the term 86. So say, for example, you're working on a bar and you've run out of vodka. Um, you turn around to your bar back and say, we're 86 vodka. And that means that he knows that it needs replacing. Um, and for us to 86, the silence is to get rid of the silence. And that silence is, is around the conversation of mental and physical and financial health within the trades. Um, it's been, it's been like, again, it's been a thing that's been affecting the trade for a long time, but not something that we openly talk about. So we'll look at the yeah. silence. Oh, I love that. That's really clever. I really, oh, I, little things like that it always make me smile. I like, you know, because it's really specific because you obviously, um, you might focus on the hospitality industry. Yeah. So it, it really, um, I presume, resonates with your target audience because it's something incredibly personal. And, and like you said, it's, it's a little code that you all mm-hmm. know. So yeah, that's very smart. <laughs> did you come up with that? Yeah, we did. So <laughs> so actually with, with the team, so we have a WhatsApp group where we chuck chuck back and forward some ideas and we were thinking about some form of tagline that we can have. Um and we talked uh-huh. about it and we were just it always came back to let's get rid of this silence. And um and actually one of the team members was like, Well, eighty six works and then we put it together. So eighty six the silence. Yeah. It's uh and it, it is a conversation starter as well. So if people don't work inside of the industry, they can get a little bit of a, an insight into just how intricate workings uh-huh. are of the industry. It's not just a low-school job where people um, just pull pints and uh, and go home and, and go to bed and do the same thing the next day. There's a lot of intricacies about the, the industry that people don't recognise. Of course, yeah. Mm. So on our previous podcast, we spoke to a guy called David Beanie who works in the corporate space. Mm teaching people he, he puts it as teaching kind of culture nice. yeah but one concept he said and one thing we spoke about over the weekend actually with some friends is the term mental uh-huh. and mm. he's saying that's quite damaging to the message by having it called mental health yeah because people associate such negativity with the term mental it's difficult to get the positive message out as well is that something you've encountered yeah oh this is cool um there's obviously so much synergy in the way that we think um that was this is why we're doing the podcast but actually our team met up last week um to revamp some of our training decks and we were thinking about the language that we use and one of our one of our core values again is is to make working on your mental health the same as working on your physical health going to see a pt going to see a therapist is just the same thing it's just different aspects of your health that you're working on um, but yet one's got a lot of stigma around it and the other one hasn't. Um, so for us, we, we're going to start using the term all-round health um, just because it incorporates yeah. all of it, um, whether that be physical, mental, but then also we've created training decks on financial health, which is obviously something that 
it's causing a massive amount of stress, especially inside of the industry. We are the lowest paid trade in the UK, uh, and people are out of work and businesses are closing down. So we created a training deck um, that hopefully will give people information about kind of what compound interest, what's APR, what's the national insurance number. So you just don't get taught in school, and when you go straight into quality, yeah. um, I mean, I'm a 30-year-old ex-general manager that's never been on a property ladder, had a lot of debt. Um, uh, it's never saved any money and doesn't drive, and that's a narrative that we hear all the time. Um, so, so yeah, yeah, uh, it's it's just the norm for the industry. I mean, you don't drive because you drink so much, um, and 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 if you and if you do work in hospitality in the city centre, you usually live above your means inside of a flat inside of the uh, the city centre, so that you don't have to travel far to work. So, so yeah, going back to the question. I, I, I agree on some ways. It's kind of like how do we how do we approach it and word it in the best way possible? So we've come up with just all round health. That's really interesting. I, I like the concept there. So if I've if I've understood yeah. that right, it's taking the physical, it's taking the emotional, but also teaching people structure and financial structure yeah. or the the whole piece altogether. Because you can you're right, you can go through school, you can go into a job. And you may take a bar job, you may be a general manager, you may be, but who's teaching you this all round mm -hmm. approach? And mm -hmm. if you fall to various vices because the hospitality trade, it's not, tends not to be a nine uh -huh. to five where yeah. you turn off in between. So I'd imagine it being a much longer drawn out hours in, and those vices become very Definitely. attractive. Yeah. And if you have got no one providing you that structure or that mm -hmm. help, Mm -hmm. I can imagine you taking and making decisions which may be may may be detrimental to you later down the line. So I love that. All, all yeah, hundred percent, and and, that, and that's a really important point in the industry. In my experience, if I wasn't inside of work serving food and drink, I was outside of work spending more money than I had on food, drink, drugs, and alcohol. Um, and that was the norm. I, I never left the industry. All of my friendships circle was was inside of the trade. I spent more time with my colleagues than I did with my family. Um, and if we're in this destructive cycle and they're perpetuating that cycle, then that's what you're going to learn. That's what you're going to do. So, so that was a norm for us. And plus, it, just the thought process of, um, of saving just never came into my head. It was always a case of live paycheck to paycheck. Um, yeah. Put, maybe sometimes put money aside for rent or if not work out how many times I can go out that week and how many I can spend on, on alcohol and food and hope I had enough money left at the end of the month um, and that was kind of just that rock and roll lifestyle that I lived for a long time <laughs> yeah yeah so how do you deliver this trick is it not COVID mm. now can't meet up unless you're in the right tier which I think there's about three places yeah. in Europe yeah. <laughs> that you can actually socialize with yeah. someone now so how are you delivering the training during this period and how do you yeah um and this was a thought process actually at the beginning I, I always wanted to do a blended approach so i wanted to be able to do face-to-face -face training that's what i connect with i believe that you get the most amount of value out of a face-to-face -face training um but then also for us to be able to scale and reach a lot of people we needed some form of digital platform to be able to do that on and luckily enough, our business partners with Healthy Hospital have created an app um, which provides all of our training, but in a digital format. And that costs kind of £2 per person a month for a business, so less than a cup of coffee. And they get all the training that we provide. Wow. Yeah, and then um, I provide them face-to-face. -face. But more recently, I've been doing by a kind of Zoom, if I'm honest, um, and, and connecting that way. For me, it's... It's a, the challenge is using Zoom. This is such a first-world problem, but you do get Zoom fatigue. Um, you... you <laughs> 
Yes. It's the <laughs> thing, right? That. You're talking on a screen, and for me, body language and social cues are something that's really important. I was brought up with, with a family of coaches, so my mum and sister are master NLP practitioners. I studied NLP, which is neuro linguistic programming, from a young age, and did some work with Tony Robbins and his team. So, by picking up on social cues and body language, was one of the things that I was really comfortable with, and how I connect with people. Um, you don't get that over yeah. Zoom, do you? It's um, it, you, you have to struggle to to kind of when do I talk? When do I not talk? Is somebody bored? Or so yeah, there's uh, that, that's one of the challenges. But to go back to your question, we we do provide Zoom trainings at the moment. Um, not during December though. Um, it's a quite our quiet time. We were never really prepared to do any training during December because if the, the hospitality industry is back in action, they wouldn't have time to do anything. So this was always going to be a month for us to reflect, see what we're going to be doing next year. Oh, brilliant! And and talking hmm. about next year, I mean, um, what are your what are your plans? What what are you thinking for next year? I mean, I know um, recently you've started doing the. Um, so let's walk, which on Instagram, uh, the Instagram lives where you're out, um, you connect with someone from the industry and um, just having a, a chat while you sort of walk for sort of 20 minutes or so. And I just love that. They're really interesting. I sort of have them on in the background while I'm doing some work and the guests and the people you've had on are just really good. I mean, will you be doing more? Yeah. So so during our first lockdown, we, we did so many lives. I mean, it was outrageous. I was live at least twice a day. Um, and that was so we did kind yeah. of cooking classes, younger classes, PT classes, um, loads of stuff. I was doing some mindset, and what we recognized is that I was adding a lot of pressure onto people, um, because people were, were so pressurized to be productive during the first lockdown, whether it was baking banana bread, learning a new language, learning how to play the ukulele, whatever it was, people were, themselves, <laughs> weren't they? um. And, and for us, what we wanted to do in the second lockdown was kind of reduce that pressure, create a really relaxed environment where people could get out of bed at 10 o'clock. Um, they could listen connect with, mm. uh, with someone in the industry and hopefully get some value from it, but also go out and get fresh air for half an hour and have a walk. Um, and then that finished last week. Hopefully next year, we're, we're not going to have to be doing them on live um, and we can, we can kind of go back and do some training. But if not, then yeah, I'm pretty sure we'll be creating some other way, shape or form that we can connect <laughs> during lives. Brilliant. No, I, I, I thought they were just brilliant. I really, really enjoyed them. I thought that was just a really good oh, thing mate. to do. You know, and again, and while while you can, because it's you have to think mm. what you can do in this time, but still be present to people and let people know that you're yeah. there. So, yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed that. In terms of um, magic wand around mental health within mm. hospitality, if you had a magic wand, what would you focus on? What would you culture? Um, that would be my that would be my first thing for me. Culture eats strategy for breakfast. Um, it's a saying that I heard recently, and it really resonated with me. Um, right, yeah. Right That's now, really in this current climate, no one really has a clue what's going on because the goalposts change and move so much. So actually, creating a strategy is not existent because it's forever evolving, and you have to keep on moving with the times. And the organisations that have um, a weak culture but a strong strategy are the ones that are struggling the most at the moment yeah. because what we need to rely on is that culture of our organisation and that starts with the people at the top so our approach to the talk is to work on a top down bottom up um, structure so that I can initiate conversations with CEOs and say look how are you valuing yourself, what's your routine, how, how do you see the business and also what was the reason why you started 
to build a hospitality organization when was the last time that you revisited that thought process because if you lost touch with the reason why you got started how can you expect your team to remember um so for, for us mm. that, that that's the main point we're looking to make a, a positive culture change and for me if i could wave a magic wand um, and be able to have all of the hospitality business owners in one room um, and have a conversation about just how important all-round health is to not only themselves, but their team and the profitability. That would be amazing. <laughs> That's brilliant. I love that. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. I think culture is absolutely critical um, to, to any success mm. of any business wow. in any industry, not just hospitality. You know, you you reflect the ideas and values yeah. of those around you. Yeah. And if those around you show the right values and the right ideas, you're more than likely to copy that and embrace that and move forward with that. So that, that's a that's a brilliant answer. Yeah, 100%. I like and I love the phrase culture eat strategy <laughs> for breakfast. So Where I, did you find that? I've never Yeah, heard never it high. So um I was listening to a podcast with um one of the founders of Avalon. So our sister company, Healthy Hospital, um, have also got another brand, a Calvados brand, um, that's called Avalon, that's doing really well. Um, and the woman who's one of the directors, unfortunately, I can't remember her name, but she was on a she was on a call and she came out with that statement, and I was like, wow, that really resonated with me. It's, I mean, it's it's so true. Mm. I mean, it, for us, it kind of spotlights why we've moved so quickly with Select Talk because we didn't have a strategy. I've I've never built a, a mental health business, especially not inside of hospitality, but. We believe that our culture is really strong and that it's quite fluent within that of our organisation. So that's hopefully why it's moving so quickly. Yeah. That's brilliant. I love that. I love yeah. that. And focusing on culture rather than strategy. And then I presume the strategy just comes up because yeah. you've got the right culture and you can have more people involved in yeah 100 making the right decision and I'm, I'm kind of doing quotation marks with my hands there but we're making the right decision it becomes a little bit easier when you know your culture and you know your why um you can make decisions off the back of that for us money's not the focal point we're a non-profit making a change in the difference is the focal points whenever we have a challenging situation we revisit the reason why we got started um and then the answer comes for off the back of that yeah, never so forgetting that, why you started. Yeah, that the way you just described yeah. it with why, and I was always taught to understand that in business, people don't buy yeah. what they buy why. Mm -hmm. And if you can create a why, and you can market a why, you will always mm. be successful. And the greatest yeah. example that's probably Apple. Yeah, you know when the iPod came out, it were there was a, a million other variants of i. MP3 players that held more songs that were faster, that were <laughs> that were cheaper, but Apple yeah. just created a Y and you needed it. And you needed it that badly that you'll queue up outside a <laughs> <the> shop <laughs> eight days before days, it, yeah. yeah, before it started to actually keep it. And you still do. They're yeah. amazing at creating a Y. I mean, we're 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 not so we're, mm -hmm. we're an Apple house. Yeah, we are. And and I'm bought into it, even though I I, I completely recognise yeah. it's a why. I'm completely bought into it. I, the latest, you know, they bring out a I I mug. <laughs> I want one. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> I need it. And he don't need it. Got loads of cups, <laughs> but it's an eye cup. Yeah, but that's so true. And actually, we, we talk about uh, Steve Jobs quite a lot in our trainings. Uh, probably not 
so much in a positive way, but um, just how, how big of an impact he made on the world, but then also how we can assess that. I mean, when Steve Jobs brought out the iPad, he, he was asked, um, do your children love the device? And actually he answered, um, we don't use technology inside of the house um, or we don't use the iPad products. And, that's, yeah. and that was a, a mass, massive telltale sign. They are used to create that why. And actually um, that can sometimes be having quite a detrimental effect on people's mental health, which is social media and how much time they're connected to their screens. Um, the most recent studies show that 95% of our spare time is, is spent looking at our phones. Um, and if the yeah, if the media that we're consuming isn't positive, which on the whole it isn't at the moment, that's going to have a massive detrimental effect on it, right? Um, so that's something that we train on. But it does go back to that why. It's, it's kind of uh, why do we feel the need to um, to consume so much um, t technology and, and so much screen time? And that's because maybe the reality uh, that we're living inside of isn't one that we like. So we want to escape and, and and delve into something different. But that's a little bit deep. But that's kind of some of the training that we go into, which is how we connect with ourselves as humans and, our, and with nature and disconnect from social media. I love that. No, I, I, I believe I read somewhere that the the search for online, I'm saying your, your Instagrams and likes and followers, yeah. that, that yeah. it creates endorphins. And almost like Pablo's dogs, when you get that yeah. ping... There's a boost inside you, yeah. A chemical boost, and you, uh, and you need. Uh, honestly, it's so true. I mean, there's only two industries in the world that call their consumers users, and um, that's the drugs industry and the technology industry. Um, and there's a reason for that. Um, it's because they want us to keep on consuming it. Um, it's no longer about what you do on your screen; it's how long you spend on it that, that the people that are creating these apps want, want used to do, which is true. Um, and it's. It's something that we, again, that we train on. So yeah. we're not going into too deep into it. We're using technology and taking control of it was one of the biggest things that I've changed with inside of my life. Um, I now lo no longer take any technology into the bedroom because if I'm sending emails on my phone and I take my phone into my bedroom, um, my bedroom then becomes my office and not my let's say, sleeping space and I, you can't yeah. disconnect. And then you get woken up by your alarm on your phone and the first thing that you do is check your notifications. And then you fed somebody else information before you even recognize yeah. your own emotions um and i'm um, depending on whether that information is negative or positive has a huge impact on your day um so yeah we we do quite a lot of trainings around uh, technology um, in our in, in this let's talk decks which is it's been really powerful that's brilliant and it's and it's so obviously prevalent yeah. in our day-to-day society at the moment so you know it's incredibly important yeah i mean there was that um i've forgotten what it's called now on um netflix yeah. i mentioned netflix a lot. I, I watch a lot of netflix um and that was about you know the chap who invented the yeah. you know the like button and a lot of um the creators and th th they've been talking about that a lot and i, I wasn't initially yeah. going to watch it because I thought maybe it'd be a bit of scaremongering. And was I that naive that I didn't actually know uh -huh. what they were telling me anyway? And I mean, a lot of it, I mm -hmm. think you do know, you do know all that stuff. But he was saying, yeah, a couple of things, like like you said, when you wake up in the morning, the first thing you do yeah. is you look at your phone and you see like a, a notification, whatever that will be. And that person sort of um, put it into context of like, they've decided on that, the first thing you see in the morning so they are literally controlling your yeah. first thought of the day like someone else is doing that and if you're not paying for something like on an app then um yeah yeah you are the product if you're not paying for it you become the product well, I just sort of, yeah it, it, i had 
yeah, I had to walk away from I, a little bit. I did exactly the same thing. On, just, <laughs> yeah, the social over. dilemma. Yeah, they were talking about the guy. Yeah, great. The unlimited, the unlimited scroll as well, yeah. didn't it? So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's something that we that we, yeah. that we train on, and it's and, and connecting with nature, um, as kind of hippie as it sounds, is something that I've never really thought about. Um, and the the more that I spend outside now, um, my my time, my free time spent either reading or or, um, or watching Netflix, which I love doing as well, um, or getting out and connecting with nature is such a such a big no. thing. Yeah, hundred percent. Mm-hmm. That's superb. In terms of anyone out there wanting to know how to get in touch with you, where what would they? Yeah, do? so we've got a couple go? of platforms. Obviously, um, our, our most used is Instagram. Um, so if you wanted to drop us a DM on Instagram, um, we're just in the process of launching a lifestyle page for the hospitality industry. Um, so our website's getting a bit of a revamp. Um, so you can contact via our, our email address on there um, and then also uh, LinkedIn and Facebook so yeah all of my email address is dotted everywhere or if not um, then you can just drop us a DM uh, 100% well, thanks so much not- for your time today yeah I really really appreciate it because obviously we know that everyone that comes on here and things like that that you know you're all incredibly busy and you've got so much going on so yeah, very. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. You two are ace, and 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 again, the, just providing maybe with a platform that I can openly talk about my experiences, but also so let's talk is honestly it's so appreciated. Thank you. More than well. Well, we just love so let's talk. I just think it's just fabulous. Yeah. Yeah, and you're doing such such an amazing work, and I can't believe how short of a time you've been going, and the knowledge and the experience you have, and the insight. I find it really fascinating. I look, absolutely really enjoy talking to you and learning more about what you do and the insight that you, you bring with Yeah, you. I agree. And, 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 and again, it seems like we're doing that kind of thing, but back and forth. It's I, I, I remember the first time that we connected um, and you can tell instantly who you're going to be vibing with. They call it your tribe, right? Um, and I remember listening. I was like, yeah, <laughs> I'm in. So, so yeah, we're going to be doing work with, together in the future, no doubt. But again, thank you so much for... Uh, for offering me the, the platform to be able to talk. And sometimes, when we think we finish the podcast, the conversation continues. Listen now to see what we talked about after we thought the podcast had ended. Yeah. I love that concept all around help. I think so much more you can do it because you're almost, there's a danger of trying to uh-huh. tackle mental health in isolation, isn't there? Yeah. That you, you just tackle it on its own and not realise it's part of an ecosystem. You need physical, you need your education, you need... Yeah. There's something there. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I completely agree. And by segregating it, you're creating more of a stigma around it. So people aren't going to want to talk about it. So it's like, oh, I'm just going to yeah. go and work on my, on my mental health. And it's like, actually, a, a knock-on effect that's having a, a negative impact on your mental health, maybe your physical health, it maybe your financial health. It, it could be all sorts. That, that, and just by being able to encompass all of them put into a little basket then you can yeah. you can take control of it uh which is true i tell you what i i, I was gonna I, I forgot but yeah. i was gonna talk about it um if, if the, the chance arose but i'm actually doing some some research about um cultures and how they blame themselves so i'll send over some some of the findings but it's really interesting um how cultures i uh, sorry how um generations blame them uh, blame each other um so i'm doing some research into generations and you'll find that kind of boomers will call gen z or uh, gen y's um uh, kind of snowflakes and that they're soft and then gen z's will call 
all um, boomers, archaic yeah. and bigots and whatever it is. And what you find is inside of the organization, <laughs> and then inside of organizations, the people on board level are usually a different generation to the people at the grassroots level. And then they wonder why they're struggling to find out what it is that the grassroots level need to feel valued. And it's because they don't ever initiate conversations to understand. They only ever initiate conversations to reply and respond. Um, so one of, one of the movements that we're doing at the moment is to um, ask the board level to invite one of their grassroots level team members onto a board meeting every month uh, and ask them questions about how they're finding work and what it is that they need to feel valued so that they can kind of build that culture inside of it. That is so interesting. And it's bang on because I I will hold my hands up. Uh, so I'm always ranting in the kitchen when I'm watching the news and stuff and I'm always <laughs> saying, oh, bloody boomers. This is, uh, and having a go and it's like, oh, God, it's like my family's generation. It's like these people are just, I, so I, can, I, I am so guilty Probably, of that. I do that I all think, the time. Yeah, I, when I'm managing people, that, that relationship and understanding what motivates them and that different generation and there is there are three three distinct generations yeah. working in a business now yeah and and they, and they can be segregated by level just because it takes time to rise up yeah. into various levels but you it, yeah I, I really like the concept so how are you influencing that is it just by getting them to yeah so so one of the things is we were, we were talking and one of the phrases that comes up a lot inside of hospitality, which is I had to do that to earn my stripes, which is probably the older generation telling the younger generation that they had to work 70 hours a week. They had to not connect with their families. They had to be burnt out to be able to climb that ladder inside of hospitality. Um, and because they had to do it, the new generation have to do it. And that perpetuates this horrible, destructive cycle. So then the question would be, how did that make you feel? So did you enjoy that process? Has it been beneficial for you in your life? And then the, the response is probably most of the time going to be no without, uh, well, sometimes without projecting that. Um, it's going to be no. So it's kind of like, okay, well, what would you want to do to change that if you could go back? Um, and then you can start working from there. But one of the ways that we're working on it is we're, good, we're inviting different management teams with their grassroots level workers into meetings with us um, so that we can initiate conversations and ask both sides um, to explain the culture of the business. And if they can't both do it fluently, then the breakdown in communication there. And then what we have to do is communicate. So we initiate conversations and say, look, um, what do you need to feel valued? Or um, what's, the, what's the culture in the business side that you'd like to change so that you can have a conversation and, and maybe build it going forward? We've created a model um, that we've nicked from Airbnb, which is called um, Elephant, Dead Fish and Vomit. Um, so at the end... Yeah, at the end of every shift, um, <laughs> the, the team talk about what's the elephant in the room that's been affecting the restaurant or bar that no one's been talking about. Um, what's the dead fish, which is still stinking out the place. And the dead fish is the problem that got talked about last week that's not changed. Um, that's creating a big stink inside of the venue. And then there's the vomit, which is uh, an opportunity for the grassroots levels to talk to their management in a really safe space and, uh, and vomit onto them what it is that they're finding challenging or what it is that they're finding good. And by doing that at the end of every ship, um, it kind of builds that culture of open communication out of a, a business. That is just genius. I've yeah, never heard that before. I absolutely love that. And you can put that in place on so many other things. I can use that on my children about their school day. Because, you know, they never like to talk to me about what's gone on or what, you know, have you had a good day yet? And then that's it. And they just shut off. And that's quite a good... 
thing because I used to say, what was your highlight? What was your low light? But I prefer that one. I think <laughs> yeah, true. I nick that from Airbnb. <laughs> I, I, that's what I found throughout this process. I, just the more that you talk to this kind of world in terms of kind of moving forward and personal development, that you pick up lots of these little tips and tricks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I found it really interesting because I, I find that I work um, and some of the younger generation when you're trying to teach them the value of hard work, because a number of them actually want the reward upfront, predefined in a contract. Part yeah. of me thinking that's quite smart, that you've got a sense of your own worth and yeah. your own value of time. The other part of me is going more of the iconic. No, 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 no. You have to do what I did to get that. Yeah. So there is part of me in my <laughs> brain going, your back. yeah, no, I want you to win. And I often say, look, <laughs> Think of your football team. They have to win all those games before oh. they get the reward at the end of it. Mm. And you're telling me you will only work this hard over these hours if I guarantee yeah, you that trophy at the end. And I, ca I, <laughs> and I can't. So do it. Uh -huh. I will do my best to get you the trophy <laughs> as, a, as a director or, or, or a company owner. But in the meantime, uh -huh. you're going to yeah. have to invest your time. But I never know whether there's, there's obviously there's, there's right and wrong on both sides. And maybe because I came up in that corporate world where it mm. was, no, no, you earn your stripes, you, you, you dig in, you do that. And I've got a generation of people who are probably just more self-aware yeah. of their, their own value. Oh, no, true. Yeah. There's, there's so much to be said here. So a couple of points that, that kind of spring to mind there is with So Let's Talk, what we aim to do, and this again is, is information where I've taken from Stephen Bartlett, who's the CEO of The Social Chain. And actually what we do is we celebrate ideas. We don't celebrate how the ideas do in market. And the reason why we do that is um, what we're looking for is people to be emotionally connected to the business and actually care about creating ideas. And if, and if we were to judge people on how well those ideas did, going to stop them from creating them in the future and actually we don't have a lot of control about how, how well an, an idea does when we put it out to market we can do the whole process we can create the ideas mm. and then when we put it out to market there's so many different variables that it's hard for us to kind of pinpoint what it is that went wrong or how it went wrong so what we celebrate is, is the actual ideas what that instills inside of the businesses people falling with the process not the end result which is what you were just talking about so which is really important. Um, actually, for me, I used to deem success as kind of big cars, nice watches, being an area manager, having my own business, when it's actually the process yeah. that I love. Yeah. So the end results, yeah, it's nice when we get there, but actually I spend most of my time in the process. I don't spend most of my time in the end result. So why don't I learn to love the process and not what it is that I'm looking to achieve, um, which is a completely... Yeah, it's, it's completely different. And then uh, yeah. the last one is there's a flip side to the coin. So the boomers did a lot of amazing things, didn't they? So um, when I got told to turn up 15 minutes early because to be early is to be on time, to be on time is to be late, and to be late is to, sack, to be sacked. That's something that I took forward with me, but also that hard graft mentality. I'm from a big Irish family, so my dad was a, a sparky and um, working in the cotton mills at kind of 14, 15. So that, that kind of mentality really did help going forward. Wow. Um, and there's a lot that they did right, but a lot of the Gen Zs don't want to listen, so uh, they won't pick up on. on some yeah, very true. That's amazing. I thought it was worth leaving that last bit in. What a great guy Paddy is. What a great business. So let's talk is. Please check him out and listen in for next week 
when we tackle episode nine. Brilliant. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.